Welcome to this edition of Take 15, Sakuk Concepts and Applications. Joining me is the expert on the topic, Mr. Richard DeBelder. Richard, how would you describe Sakuk? Well, Sakuk are really certificates that represent um, equal values in uh, undivided interest in Sharia compliant assets or services. And they're different from conventional bonds. Um, if you're a conventional bondholder, then you're just entitled to a debt. Um, with a sukuk, you are still entitled to a return, um, but you have this undivided interest in the actual asset that's generating the return. Are sukuk exclusive to Muslim investors? No, um, they're open to anybody actually. Um, as long as the, the structure is Sharia compliant, um, then you know, Muslims can uh, invest in them, uh, but in fact, uh, the reality is many investors uh, in Sukuk are uh, non-Muslims. Why should an investment professional want to learn about Sukuk? Well, Islamic finance um, as an industry is growing very rapidly, uh, at least in certain parts of the world. And um, originally it um, came out of the Middle East, but it's also in the Far East. And centers like London and Paris are making steps to encourage uh, Islamic finance and within Islamic finance uh, Sukuk is uh, a major component so if you're interested in international finance uh, Sukuk is something that you should be aware of. Who's using and subscribing to Sukuk? It's a whole range of people actually um, uh, you have governments, um, quasi-government institutions, local authorities, corporates uh, who are um, originating Sukuk and the investors are um, spread across um, you know, the world, US, uh, Europe, Far East as well as the Middle East. Are Sukuk privately placed or they can be listed on an exchange? Both actually. Um, you have private placements and also they can be uh, listed. Uh, the major international Sukuk are generally uh, listed on uh, stock exchanges like Luxembourg, Ireland, UK. Can Sukuk be seen as an asset-backed security, as in securitization? Um, the pure form of Sukuk can be. Um, if you remember, we were just talking about what is a Sukuk. I mean, the Sukuk holders uh, own uh, interests in the underlying assets. And that actually is what is a conventional securitization. You know, the assets are transferred to the issuer and the, uh, uh, the investors' uh, return is generated by the assets. So that is what a sukuk should be. But there's another category of sukuk um, where actually the investors are looking at a promise or an undertaking from the originator to buy back the assets. So there, uh, there's a slight difference. It's, it's not really um, uh, the same as a pure securitization. What type of sukuk are commonly used? Um, well, uh, the first sukuk that uh, came onto the market uh, in the early part of this decade were really ijara-based, which is uh, a leasing structure. But uh, they've been developed now. You can have different types of sukuk uh, related to project finance, um, uh, istizna, which is uh, can connect with construction of projects. So it's broadened now. Uh, away from the initial Ijara Sukuk. Having said that, 
and most of still are Ijara based. Is it possible to have the equivalent of fixed income through Sukuk? It is possible, um, but there are some issues uh, with that. Um, the, the, the method that's been used has been for the, the originator to give this promise which we just mentioned or an undertaking to buy back the assets. Um, now, the formula that was used in this purchase undertaking has generally been structured so at the end of the day the investors get back a fixed income or return. But there have been some issues with that um, within the industry. Uh, it's okay basically still for an Ijara based, uh, a lease based Sukuk, but there are some issues with other type of Sukuk. How does a lease or Ijara Sukuk work? Well, if you're um, the customer that wants the funds uh, and you have an asset that's uh, like, um, well, with the first Sukuk in Malaysia, it was um, hospital related buildings. So if you have an asset, you will then sell it to the um, issuer, which is a special purpose company. Now, that issuer then will lease back the asset to the originator. The um, originator will then pay rent, and that rent will be split into various components. The two main components are fixed rent, which is like the amortization of the initial uh, purchase price that the issuer paid to the originator, and there's variable rent, which is uh, the equivalent, if you like, to, to interest. Um, so using this methodology, uh, you can structure a Sukuk in, in this manner. Are there any restrictions on tradability of Sukuk? Well, there are some Sharia principles uh, which are rather sort of complex and we don't have time to go through them in, in this talk, but um, there are some issues with tradability. Um, they center upon the fact that uh, money in and of itself is not a commodity that you should generate, uh, use to generate income. So, based upon this principle, um, if you have a debt, there are some issues about can you trade the debt. Um, the general rule is it's okay to trade debt for par value, although there are some differences within uh, the Islamic community. M uh, Malaysia has a slightly different view than, say, the Middle East. Um, but um, there are some other rules, for example, if you've got a sukuk that's uh, project financing, um, you have to look at the combination of the cash and the debt, the value of the assets and any other rights like uh, lease rights. And um, if the majority of the assets and the lease rights, for example, is greater than the uh, debt and the cash, then you can trade it. But you, know, you have to look very carefully at the combination of these, uh, of the assets that combine the Sukuk pool of assets. And there are still some discussions going on amongst some of the Islamic authorities. Are Sukuk credit rated? The answer is yes. Uh, you can have credit rated uh, Sukuk. Um, the rating agencies have uh, undertaken a lot of research in relation to Sharia compliant financing. So uh, they're fully familiar with uh, Sukuk structures. Uh, their analysis is, at the end of the day, uh, what they would undertake in relation to a conventional securitization. Uh, they look at the assets um, and the, the, the chances of default and, and so forth. So 
know, uh, rating is possible, but the raters are not really um, too bothered in terms of Sharia compliance. Uh, as long as there's a fatwa issued by a recognized scholar, um, you know, that's, they're not really concerned about the, the value or the strength of the fatwa per se. Is it possible to have credit enhancements in Sakuk? It is possible, but there are some limits. I mean, the starting point with um, Islamic financing, the preferred way of doing things would be through a joint venture or masharika, um, because the Sharia scholars um, ideally uh, would want the investor or the financier to share in the risks as, w as well as the, um, the rewards. However, in the, in the context of Sukuk, um, that's a bit of an issue for a lot of investors. Um, so, in theory, you can have things like guarantees, although sometimes they're not practical. Um, you can have uh, things like reserve accounts, where a reserve is built up from the, the revenues generated by the assets that are in turn paying the Sukuk investors. Liquidity facilities have been used where there's been some temporary shortfall in the cash flow to pay the investors. But there are some issues there. I mean, IOFI has uh, recently come out with a statement at the start of last year attacking the use in certain circumstances of liquidity facilities. So, yes, you can have these credit enhancements, but you have to be a bit careful about how they're structured. Are there any tax or regulatory issues which are specific to Sukuk? Well, you have to look at the jurisdiction where the Sukuk is. Um, the pr trouble is, in most jurisdictions, even actually in the Middle East, um, the laws haven't been crafted with a view to Islamic finance transactions. So, um, remember the Sukuk holders have an interest in the underlying assets. So that in turn generates some issues in relation to, to tax and regulatory issues. When the payments are made to the Sukuk uh, certificate holders, they would generally be classified as profits. So, um, the UK, for example, has passed legislation so that the profits are deemed to be the equivalent of interest uh, in order to assist investors. There are other issues with holding a taxi. Um, is generally uh, crafted in relation to interest. And again, you have to see whether the laws in the jurisdiction you're operating in uh, are sufficiently flexible to handle profits. There are other issues like VAT because you have a transfer of an asset from the originator to the issuer and that means you have to look at whether there's VAT charges for that transfer. If there's underlying rental payments being made, there might be VAT issues there. And also there might be VAT issues in, in relation to the, even the transfer of the Sukuk certificate. So I think you know, the and the answer really is you have to look at the jurisdiction you're operating in because there well may be sort of issues that are not covered in the local uh, laws that actually impact on the proposed Sukuk. What issues must be considered in valuation of Sukuk? The valuation issues again go back to some of these fundamental Sharia issues about uh, can you trade a debt um, and can you trade a debt at a discount and so forth. The reality is, for example, if you are valuing a pool of assets um, that are ijara based, so if um, a uh, residential uh, finance provider has a pool of ijara lease assets that it's entered into with a range of customers, 
and it then wants to use those assets as the basis of a sukuk, the valuation is based on the, the fixed rent that is owed by the customers. Since Sharia is not the law of land in most countries, what law governs sukuk? Well, the, the reality is with Islamic finance, not just sukuk, is that um, the, the contracts, the structure, is going to be subject to the laws of a secular country and a secular court system. Um, so you'll find in most international sukuk that the governing laws will usually be that of England, sometimes New York. So if there's a dispute, you're going to go to the local courts. Now, it is quite feasible that some of the underlying documents uh, will have provisions saying that the laws of a particular country would apply and the Sharia board sometimes say can you add some extra wording which is generally the laws of X apply to the extent that they do not contradict the Sharia. So the issue is if it goes to a court in England or France or wherever what will those local courts do? And so far I think what they've done is actually interpret the uh, documentation, in this case the Sukkot documentation, in the context of the secular law. Um, that would not impact, in my view, on the fatwa, the opinion uh, that was given by the Sharia scholar at the beginning in terms of the Sukkot structure. Is there a body that issues standards regarding Sukkot? There's no worldwide body, like say a World Bank if you like, um, that can impose um, uh, regulations and standards on the Islamic finance industry including Sukuk. Um, however, in Bahrain in the Middle East there is an organization that's known by uh, the term IOFI and that sets a standards. Um, it consists of um, leading Islamic uh, scholars in the field of Islamic finance and they produce various standards and different types of uh, Sharia financings, including Sukkot. Um, and they in turn issue pronouncements and, and guidance. One has to say though that there isn't, that doesn't necessarily mean that all the uh, scholars are going to follow those particular uh, standards. And at present there are some interesting debates going on about Ofi's position on certain aspects of Sukkot. What are some of the current Sharia issues regarding Sukuk? Well, um, again, going back to IOFI, um, they, they've issued a standard dealing with Sukuk. And uh, in February of last year, they issued a new statement on Sukuk, which actually was a reiteration of their previous um, standard. Um, some of the, the, pr the issues that they discussed, which are sort of raising problems now, are to do with these promises uh, by the originator to buy back the assets at a predetermined price. Um, it's okay with uh, a leasing sukuk you know, within certain parameters, um, but a promise with certain other types of sukuk, a partnership sukuk, for example, or a madaraba sukuk, there are problems there if you pre-agree the price on day one. Um, what Aofi is saying is that if you have that type of sukuk, uh, you could, the originator can buy back the assets, but at the market price at the time it exercises that undertaking. The problem with that from a fixed income investor's perspective is they don't know what they will be getting back in the future. So they don't like that. 
but Ayufi is saying, well, this is the Sharia position, and you know, this is what should be complied with. It's an ongoing debate. There's no uh, solution uh, as yet, uh, but it is an issue that you would have to address. My final question is, how do you see the outlook for Sukuk? Well, Sukuk uh, has been adversely affected, as with the as conventional bond market has been, due to the financial turmoil. Um, people are expecting uh, the Sukuk market to pick up, uh, who knows when, but probably towards the end of this year. Um, we are seeing ourselves uh, more inquiries coming in for you know, legal advice and talking to institutions here in London and also in the Middle East and there clearly are uh, deals coming uh, down the pipeline. There are uh, issues, as I mentioned, about the OFI statement um, but uh, I think Islamic finance has shown itself um, to be capable of coming up with solutions and I think the industry as a whole uh, feels solutions will be forthcoming and the Sukuk market will continue to develop. Um, not only in the Middle East, but also in, in the West. I mean, London uh, is obviously trying to place itself to be a, a centre for Sukuk, and of course, recently uh, uh, France has issued uh, regulations to try and encourage Islamic finance. So I think the you know, Sukuk market is definitely an area that's going to continue to grow. Thank you, Richard, and thank you for joining us for this edition of Take 15, Sukuk, Concepts and Applications. Copyright 2009 CFA Institute. No part may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, electronic, mechanical, recording, or otherwise, without the express prior written permission of CFA Institute. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regard to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax, investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.